We love the power and grace of athletes, artists, CEOs, and high achievers with their zest and grit. But have you ever wondered how they cut through all the distractions, harness their energy, and get them to flow to achieve their goals? And what do they do with the money that comes their way? I'm Darren Wright, author of Peak Financial Fitness. Join me on a fascinating journey to gain a peek into the intersection of high-performing people and everyday financial life. There will be highs and lows and inspiring stories for you to achieve your goals. All right, welcome everybody. I've got a special guest on today, John DeJulius. Uh, John consults with some of the best customer service companies in the world. He's written five best-selling books on customer service, uh, including his most recent book, uh, which he's going to tell us about here in a moment. Uh, please welcome John DeJulius. Thanks, Darren. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, man, it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you. I loved reading your book, The Relationship Economy, and uh, I'm excited to read your uh, your new book coming out. What's uh, what's the name of the, the new book? The Employee Experience Revolution. And it's just how to, you know, make, uh, you know, uh, coming off the pandemic with the, uh, uh, you know, quiet quitting and great resignation. It's just about increasing morale and employee team member retention and, uh, you know, just get back to creating great cultures. I believe great organizations um, uh, should be built to help people live extraordinary lives and, and, and live a life of meaning and purpose. And so much of what we do, uh, you know, uh, for a living is, is part of our lives and it's unavoidable. So I think great leaders and great organizations should, should um, that should be their, their calling. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I agree with you, and I think it's super cool and beneficial for our listeners today to know that you're not just out there speaking, which you do a lot of, and writing books. You've actually done it. You've been in the trenches. You started a company, uh, John Roberts Spa, right, uh, in Cleveland, and uh, you you now have become one of the top, top 20 salons in America. So you've actually had practical business experience, as well as coaching others and teaching others uh, about this as well. Is that right? Yeah, three businesses I've started. John Robert Spa, a little over 30 years ago. Um, still own them, not involved in the day-to-day, -day, but but uh, uh, that. The DeJulius Group, which is a customer and employee experience consulting firm, and that's where I spend 99% of my uh, professional time. And then uh, also about 10 years ago, started Believe in Dreams, which is a nonprofit helping underprivileged uh, uh, kids uh, have their dreams come true. So uh, yeah, those are my three uh, uh, ventures. Well, it sounds pretty awesome. Uh, three awesome things. Uh, one of the things I think is super valuable about what you do is, and that everyone's going to be interested in, is your mastery of learning how to build rapport and develop relationships. Uh, in my research and work and just you know paying attention day to day and talking with people, um, in this day where we have so many distractions, you know, we're always been distracted as humans, you know, we're always interested in this and that, but with, uh, you know, social media, uh, our phones, you know, just busyness, Netflix, all the things, all the things that high achievers uh, stack on their plate. Uh, these distractions is becoming even more important to learn the skill and building rapport and developing relationships. Um, and you're a master at that. Um, tell us about that. 
Yeah, well, you know, the, the quote I like to use on this is, uh, today's illiterate are those who have an inability to make a meaningful connection with others. And, you know, a lot of people think I'm I'm just talking about the, you know, dreaded millennials and Zs that we are all uh, afraid of and, and and all that, which I think is, is, is funny because those of us who criticize them are the ones that raise them, right? It's a little, it's a little backwards. And I think they're great uh, generations, maybe the best ever, um, but they're not willing to trade hours for dollars, right? You know, their currency is, is, is purpose. And so, but if you get back to it, uh, I, I did a TED talk called Meet a strangers leave as friends. And it's about exactly what you talked about, uh, how to build an instant rapport with others. And, you know, it, it, it's hard today. And every every generation, our people skills have declined for, for what you said, because, you know, the digital revolution and and now the pandemic has only heightened that. I, I have three screens here. And and, and uh, if, if I wasn't smart and I've been guilty of this, I could be looking at, oh, someone just, you know, made a connection with me on LinkedIn or someone just made a comment, you know, and, and multitasking, right. And, and the greatest gift we can give anyone is the gift of our attention. And that's hard today. It's a lot uh, uh, easier said than done and uh, to our client, to our kids, to our spouse, to, to our employees. So it's really about focusing on that and, and making sure that there's a, a great uh, um, uh, science studied the human brain. And they found that it takes the human brain uh, 0.6 seconds to formulate a response to something said to it. Um, then they studied hundreds, thousands of conversations, and they found the average gap between people talking was 0.2 seconds. So, so the 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 million dollar question is, how can I be responding to you in one third the time my brain will allow me? Right, and, and the answer is in in in, in most conversations, um, you know, I wasn't listening. Uh, I was just waiting for you to come up for air so I can I can jump in and tell you what I've been dying to tell you and hijack the conversation, right? And and so uh, I think Simon Sinek says it best. There's a there's a there's a difference between listening and waiting for your turn to talk, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, as you were talking, I was practicing total concentration on you and not thinking about the next question I wanted to ask you because I've watched your TED talk and I know how important that is. And I watch a lot of Simon Sinek as well. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's. I think it's a skill. I, I don't think it comes natural to most people. Maybe some. My wife's a great question asker, um, and she puts the focus on you. Um, but how about you? Is that a was that did that come natural to you, John, or did no. you learn that skill? No, I mean I was so bad at this. It's 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 kind of funny that I, I you know it's 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 what I teach now. But a couple things. One thirty. 40 years ago, if if, if 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 we were going out as couples and let's say our wives knew each other and I'd be like, well, what's Darren into and who is he? And if you didn't like the limited number of subjects I liked, which was basically business, customer service and, and baseball, um, I'd be like, I don't want to go out with him. Right. Because I'll have nothing to talk to him about. And, and that, that was really, you know, who I was. And, and, and now, you know, you realize you got to have insatiable curiosity and 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 be an investigative reporter and find out what Darren likes and and just ask him questions. And, and um, I think it was Tom Peters said, if you don't if you ask a question and don't ask two to three follow up questions, 
odds are you weren't listening. So, you know, in, in business and in life, we should have like a four to one ratio of questions asked versus answered. And we're all genetically coded to be preoccupied about what's going on in our, uh, in our life. You know, right now I'm thinking about my son, my youngest son got in trouble, you know, in school a couple of days ago. And my flight was delayed on the way home last night from Calgary. And, you know, I hear my my, my salesperson is, 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 is looking at getting another job, right? And those are hard urges not to, you know, just, you know, when you, you know, if you meet someone, they say, how you doing? Tell them that, right? So, you know, you gotta, you gotta make it about them and you gotta resist that urge. And, 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 and that's where, um, as you, we brought up, I think earlier offline is that's where if I focus on your Ford, F-O-R-D, um, I keep it off me and, and, and keep it on you. And, and, and I, I, I know, you know, firsthand, and I teach this to my boys and my clients is, is if, uh, if I learn two or more things of, of your Ford, um, uh, a, I'm not going to be talking about myself, but B, I not only built a relationship, I probably own the relationship because to you and each and every person listening, our own Ford is what we geek out about. Right. And so Ford yes. family, you know, is he married? Does he have kids? How old are his kids? What activities are his kids into grades? You know, Oh, occupation. What's he do? What's his title? What's his company's uh, name? Uh, R stands for recreation. And to a lot of people that besides our kids and family, that's our hottest buttons. What we choose to do with, you know, our evenings and weekends, um, is something that we love and it might be, you know, triathlete, it might be yoga, it might be donating time to charity. And then the D in Ford is dreams, right? You know, what's on his bucket list? What's on her bucket list? What's, you know, their, 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 you know, encore career they're hoping to get to someday. So, you know, that, that helps a lot. I have a Ford document right next to me that, you know, I'm, I'm on the conver- you know, call with, with uh, a clients or anyone I'm, I'm writing down the notes. And a lot of times you don't have to ask these things, right? You know, you know, clients, people overshare and they'll tell you, you know, something that's going on and how hot it is in Scottsdale today. Boom. You know, it just caught some Ford there. And and now I can follow up with you, um, you know, in the next couple of days on, you know, how the Diamondbacks do in the uh, uh, National League uh, Championship Series and, you know, congratulate you and say great job onto the World Series or say, you know, maybe next year. And, you know, you, you, you know, in, in a typical conversation, you might've forgotten that you told me you're from Scottsdale or that came up, or I looked it up on LinkedIn and be shocked that I, you know, I knew that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You, and offline, we had talked about Patricia Fripp and, yeah. and you, you'd worked with her in the past and uh, I have too. And one of the things and I lose track and I want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Patricia Fripp or maybe someone else gave me this tip, Bill Backrack possibly, but it was, uh, you know, someone tells you something like you, you know, uh, you know, you, the story, one of the stories I saw in one of your uh, speeches was about your son, who's a national champion in wrestling. And, you know, you know, my son's a national championship uh, uh, champion. And then, you know, tell me more. Right. So expand, you know, so, so someone may be like, well, he wants to learn more about that. And then, you know, go deeper. And who doesn't want to talk about their kids, right? It's right. like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that, that whole idea with Ford, I love, and then I, I need to create an acronym, but it's like, tell me more, uh, expand, uh, go deeper, and then more of an impact. So what kind of impact did that make on your life to see your son, not only win, a national championship, but beat that guy that was super, 
uh, proud of his son talking smack and, um, and believe more importantly, that story when he came back to you and said, I, I did it because you told me I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like what kind of impact did that make on your life? You know, right. Right. From your son. Yeah. And, and, and so those are clarifying questions. And there, there's a, 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 a myth that I found in, in my book uh, that, you know, a lot of us think being a sponge is being a good listener and, and, and a sponge is letting you do all the talking and me just occasionally saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they say, you know, you don't want to be a sponge. You want to be a trampoline. And, and, and kind of what you just, you know, it just, you know, said trampoline is saying, well, hold on, Darren, how did he get into that sport or, or, you know, was it always easy? Did it come natural? And asking clarifying questions to allow the, the person, you know, the, be the centerpiece of the, of the conversation and, and go deeper and, and, and further, which, you know, really expands it and makes the, you know, the person that you're focusing on really get excited. Oh, you would know he wasn't always good. And then, you know, I get into that story of, you know, when he was 10 and he got beat by Ryan and, 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 and Tulsa and, you know, what that looked like. And, you know, that, that, that's it, you know, and, and not just, you know, asking a question and, and, and hoping they ask you, you know, it's kind of like, Darren, you got any plans for the weekend? And, and you say, I say, well, good. You want to know what I'm doing? You know, and I really didn't care about what your plans were the weekend. I was trying to tell you, I couldn't wait to tell you what I was going to do. So yeah, yeah, you know, that's that fierce uh, uh, or, or, or insatiable curiosity, which, 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 which is. I was going to say, come power. back to that. I love that insatiable curiosity. I use a term called the curious archaeologist. So, and the reason I do that and a childlike curiosity as well, because there's a, and, and kind of my studies or research, uh, uh, there's a book called The Positive and uh, uh, Positive Intelligence, I think it's called by Shirzad. And I can remember, can't remember his last name. I got to memorize that. But he talks a lot about the judge voice and the judge voice in our head, um, judging ourselves, judging others. And so that curious archaeologist mindset, you're you're asking those questions, clarifying expanding, uh, impact deeper, go deep, but you're not also not judging along the way right. yourself or the other person, you know, and you're just collecting information. So one of my favorite clips that I use, um, are you a Ted Lasso fan? Oh my God. Yes. Be a goldfish. Right. So do you, the one that I use about curiosity is when he's playing darts and sandbagging and he talks about, you know, uh, Hey, Rupert, you know, I saw a, a sign that said, you know, don't be judgmental, be curious. And it's just such a powerful quote of like, you know, so many often we're like, you know, what is wrong with that guy? Why is he, you know, versus asking questions and it totally makes sense why he is doing or you know whatever that may seem you know out of left field to us yeah and you know and so much of this like it i i one of the reasons i'm i'm so grateful for you coming on and talking is because of your work in relationships and how important that is to all of us i mean whether we're in business or not your uh stay at home uh you know spouse whatever. I mean, who doesn't want better relationships? And I think you said research shows that the most, um, one of the things people most want are deeper relationships. And I, I don't know if you mentioned that on a TED talk or in one of your books, but I wanted to tell you that in like field work, you know, the work that I do with 
uh, my clients is I help them go through a Maslow's hierarchy of needs uh, with whatever goal they have, a, a personal goal, success goal, financial goal, like what's important about money to them, what's important about success to them, what's important about, you know, uh, family to them. And as you go through that, um, oftentimes it's better relationships. And I, I can just picture just dozens of people. I want better and deeper relationships. So pause there. Tell me a little bit about more of your work and research, what you found about people wanting those deeper and better relationships. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard of the 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 70 year study Harvard did. They literally followed people um for 70 years and you know, let's say from 20 to 90 and and you know the 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 people that were the happiest in their life uh you know they couldn't find anything. Some were rich, some weren't, you know, some didn't have the the financial where some, you know, were married, you know, all these different things. But the one thing that the, the, the people that reported that the, 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 the highest level of happiness had the strongest relationships. And, you know, as we all know, where, where you are today, um, where you're, you're going to be in 10 years, where you're going to be on your deathbed, all comes back to the relationships you've built and, 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 and or where you are today. Um, and just making sure, and and everything we're discussing is 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 not just for a professional, right? It's it, it's how we should be treating everyone, how how we're treating that stranger in the elevator, and and saying, Alex, I love those shoes, or or maybe I don't know Alex, but I'm saying, you know, complimenting her shoes. Yeah, nice shoes. Yeah, I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. Um, but yeah, it, it's when it's it, it 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 it's authentic. But making you know someone's day just by you know reinforcing the the decision he or she made by choosing that scarf or that jacket or the pair of shoes. Because what we all forget, pre-pandemic, hopefully it's happening, is most people struggle with even what they're going to wear today. I, I pick out my outfit the night before. Right. And then in the morning I get like, you know, uh, outfit remorse, like, Oh my God, you know, I don't know if this goes with this. And then I go and bug my significant, honey, does, is this, and she wait, rolls her eyes and she said, yes, you know, and you go out and you, and you forget about, but if someone reaffirms, Hey dude, I love that shirt or I love that jacket. You're like, hell yeah. You know, and, and it makes you feel really good. So it's, it, it's about, you know, um, I, I have something that, pops up on my phone at 6 a.m. because I think the first thing that goes through our mind is so important to set in the day right. And, and my quote that pops up every morning at 6 a.m. is act as if today is the day you'll be remembered for how you treat others. Um, oh, brother, I got to tell you, thank you. I'm sorry to catch up, but no, no, no. Uh, my, you know what my morning it says? Huh? Act today as the day I will be remembered for how I treat others. And I must've got that from you. Somewhere okay. See? The road. Yeah. 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 I got well, one. At, I got one at 10 PM that says uh, how many people had a better day uh, today as a result of coming in contact with me. And so I, I, I try not to just swipe that and check it, you know, as often as I can, I try to do a little mental audit. And I'll be honest, uh, you know, I don't always like my answer, right? And sometimes it's my kids. Sometimes it's, you know, people closest to you where you, you know, you, you snapped at them because, you know, it, it, you know, you know how, how that is. So I, I just try to hold myself accountable and say, I got to do better tomorrow. Well, uh, thank you again, because like I said, it's it's on every day. And just before I have Momento, Momento Mori, which is kind of like, you know, Carpe Diem yeah. uh, for my daughter, uh, but, uh, she gave me that little tip, but I appreciate that. Um, uh, 
Yeah, it means a lot. And and for those of you, we mentioned Alex. She's kind of our Robin Quiver. She's in the background. Um, Alex, you're probably muted, but you can say hi if you want. Okay, she doesn't want to say hi. Okay. But um, that's one of the things that, you know, Alex is uh, my my teammate, my my partner in business. And uh, and we've had talks about that, that I, I can always do a little bit better job of showing up for her and kind of just recognizing all her skills and greatness more frequently. So that's one of the things also that I, that I work on on a daily basis as well. But um, how do you, John, how do you, what inspired you to kind of come up with this, this, this passion and mission for what you're doing? And we talked beforehand. And one of the questions I, I like to ask is, do you have like an overarching strategy, a, uh, a mission statement, you know, that, that's important to you in your life. Um, so it's kind of two questions. You have one of those mission statements and, and how did you come up with this path and journey for you? So first on the path, you know, the professional path, uh, went 30 years ago when we opened, uh, our first business, the, the, the little 900 square foot hair salon, um, like any busy city, there was, you know, a hair salon in every direction. If you had a bad arm, you could, you could hit, you know, uh, throwing a ball, you could hit, you know, 10 in any direction. And so we, you know, we couldn't outspend, you know, we had no money, no customers, no employees. Right. And so we couldn't outspend out, advertise out, build, whatever you want to call it out pay. Um, but what was prevalent in the early nineties was, or not so prevalent was, uh, customer experience. It was just, it was, you know, in, in a lot of industries, but especially the salon. And so we're like, all right, well, that could be our differentiator, right? We have great hairdressers, but um, we didn't want to be known as the best experience you can get in the hair salon business, because I think that's where a lot of people um, uh, make a mistake. They say, oh, we're the best financial planner and, you know, in, in, around, or we're the best hair salon or we're the best consulting. Well, that may or may not be true, but listen, if you're coming to, into my salon today to get a haircut or Alex's or whoever is, you then don't leave and go across the street to our, 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 our nearest competitor and compare. You're good for a few weeks, maybe a month for your hair or salon spa needs. So where are you going before or after you come into my salon? You're 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 running your errands, you're stopping at a dry cleaner, you're you have a doctor's appointment, you're meeting a buddy for lunch. And, and that's what you're comparing. And you're saying, you're like Dorothy on the Wizard of Oz, clicking your heels saying, God, I wish I was back at John Roberts because no one treats me as well and as nice. Or you could be saying the opposite, right? So we didn't want to be the best salon experience because you know that's very limited in a person's day or week. Uh, we wanted to be the best experience you had in your day. And, you know, always, you know, why did I feel so happy Tuesday, but I don't feel, oh, Tuesday I went to the salon and they made me feel like a VIP and got all these compliments. So that's kind of how it started. It was just a competitive advantage. And then you fast forward, you know, 15, 20, 30 years later. Now, when we do have deeper pockets and we could, you know, compete in other areas, we still only compete on experience because that's the biggest return on investment. And 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 so uh, a, a longer story shorter, um, you know, in the '90s when we were making a name, you know, for us, you know, we were growing so fast and and we had a reputation for the customer experience. That's where other businesses started asking me to speak and 
you know, I never knew it, you know, uh, you know, snowball, but I started speaking. And then my first book came out in 2002 and it just t totally took me out of the salon industry to speaking and consulting. And, and then the, 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 that rest is history. So um, I know that was a long answer. I don't know if you have anything or you just want to go into that personal vision statement that yes. Yeah. Well, I want to come back to the personal vision statement, but, but in a moment. So what did that, I mean, obviously, with the focus on the experience, which I love, right? Not just the experience with the salon, just the overall best experience. I, uh, Alex and I uh, talk about it, that Four Seasons level experience. And and the example that I talked to her about is um, there's, a, there's a Four Seasons um, down in Cabo called Costa Palmas. There's now two down there, but the, the first one was on the East Cape. It's down where Jacques Cousteau used to do a lot of his filming and the Baja there, it's flat water. It's super cool. Um, uh, you know, great, great experience, but they've got a cool, uh, wave runner, uh, wave runner, boat, uh, wakeboard boat. And so you can go out there cause it's like lake water. It's flat. There's no, there's no waves. And when you get on the boat, they hand you, you know, a Fiji water, cold Fiji water. So they pull it out of a cooler, uh, ice chest. They dry it with a towel. And then they slightly undo the cap and tighten it back up and then hand it to you. So it's like next level to hand the Fiji bottle to someone cold, wipe it down next level, and then to actually help them by unscrewing it a little bit before they hand them to like, that's just like a cool experience. Right. Versus the other boat could say, you know, you have any water? Yeah. Over there in that third cooler, go, go help yourself. Right. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. So and that's what, you know, we call making price irrelevant. Um, and that's, you know, totally what the DeJulius group does. And that's why companies hire us. And so people hear that they're like, well, hold on, you know, you can't make price irrelevant. And, 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 and so making price irrelevant by my terms, doesn't mean you can double your prices and, and, and raise them 50% and not lose existing or potential clients, customers, whatever they may be. What making price irrelevant does mean is based on the experience your brand consistently delivers, your customers, clients should have no idea what your competition charges, right? And, and, and there's a lot to unpack there. Your brand means it can't be just dependent that I get a, a Darren, right? Because I may get Alex tomorrow or I may get someone else. And, and, and so we can't have employee roulette. Um, and, you know, and, and listen, we're all price sensitive. I've driven three extra miles to say 50 cents on something, not realizing I just lost in that exchange, right? But I have a few businesses that I do business with personally and a few businesses I do business professionally that I am so loyal to because of the way they treat me, um, the personalization, the peace of mind, um, the brilliant comeback they've made if they ever drop the ball that, you know, I, I recommend them. I mean, oh, Darren, you're looking for a handyman. You got to use Brian Hooper. And then sometimes someone will say, well, how much does he charge, you know, per hour? Cause my, my handyman, my carpenter charges $125 an hour, whatever. And that's where I'm embarrassed to say, I have no idea. Um, I don't care. Uh, cause he saves me money. 
Like, you know, um, and we all know a lot of times the cheaper you go, the more it costs you, right? And time, hassle, you know, calling up, being on hold, trying to get them to, you know, come out and fix it, whatever that may mean. Um, you know, that's where I want to live. I, you know, I want to make price irrelevant where people trust and are so happy with, you know, whatever I'm I'm giving that that they have no idea how I rank to cop because they're not out price chopping me. Yeah, it's, it's a great great example and I, I feel like it's uh it's really more important today than it than ever and becoming even more so with fee compression there was an article this morning in the wall street journal about uh residential real estate commissions um and a focus on that and there's a big antitrust lawsuit and who knows where that goes but i've got i've got friends that are in the residential real estate space uh, one of my good friends robert joffe here in arcadia is uh, arcadia is like a little community within within the Scottsdale Phoenix area, um, really cute homes and so forth. And, and he, he kind of has, uh, just done a great job of owning that. And he does it with, uh, just amazing, uh, customer service knowledge, but his way of being is really special. Um, but so he, but at the end of the day, everything we do is a commodity, right? I mean, we can find anyone that has the same service and products that someone else does and cheaper. Uh, so you better be bringing something, you know, uh, of kindness and caring and expertise and, and, and you know, something that's that, that's more relationship, knowing that, you know, if you're in a real estate industry, knowing that your kids are into soccer and this is, you know, here's a list of some, you know, great, you know, uh, you know, a travel team soccer, you know, that you, you know, because I know you're moving here from a different state and I know, you know, your kids, you know, are, are, are elite soccer players at 12 and under. So here and, and you'd be shocked. You know, well, how, how'd you find that soccer team? My real estate, my banker, my financial planner. Get, that's not their job. Exactly. But they cared enough. And how long did that take them? You know, 30 seconds to Google it or to ask their neighbor whose kids that play soccer. Hey, what's the what's the best soccer, uh, you know, team for a, for a 12 and under? oh, you got to make sure they're on, you know, this boom. You know, that, 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 those are little low hanging fruit that doesn't take any longer, but you're probably, you know, other, other people you're doing business with aren't doing that for you. They're more transactional. Well, and that's a, it's a great point. And with the rise of AI coming on, you know, it's even again, separate from the conversation we just had about, you know, fee compression and those commodities and that kind of thing. It's AI, right? If you are a technician, you can be replaced even writers now, you know, in Hollywood and, and financial advisors, uh, anybody that's a technician. Aaron, you can go into chat bot and say, give me a customer experience article in John D. Julius's voice and boom, right? I mean, wow, it's crazy. I yeah. I mean, you know, you could do it on anybody that writes blogs or, or anything. And, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's a piece of cake. Who needs, who needs, who needs the, the writer anymore? And you're exactly right. So, so it's even more important to learn these skills that you're out there telling the world about, which which is amazing. And um, I don't think it was Patricia that said this. I think it was an acting coach along the way back when I was at Arizona State. But someone told, told me, make their face your home. So, you know, be comfortable looking at, looking at them and, you know, just don't bore, you know, laser beam beams through their through their forehead, but make their face your home. What you're talking about, about the questions, you know, listening. Um, I used to think uh, 
uh, Katie Kirk was a great interviewer. I don't know if she's the best, but maybe Barbara Walters was, but, you know, just, you know, um, asking those good questions, learning what you're teaching about, you know, impact and, and, uh, you know, expanding, clarifying all those things. That's, I think that's hard for people. It's easy for some, but hard for others, which is why I brought up the, the Shirzad, the positive intelligence. I, I have this, I'm just super excited about uh, meditation and not in a woo-woo, you know, way, but uh, how I've been able to more recently finally crack the code for me to build it in as a habit on a daily basis and get 15 minutes of meditation um, in the morning first thing and how that's allowing me to be a little bit more focused, be able to think about these things that you're talking about. Be intentional. Yeah, because we're just in such the environment is so jacked up right now. And it just is right. So you can you can be all pitiful about it. But, you know, the dopamine hits we're getting, like you talked about earlier, well, you get notifications on your LinkedIn or whatever the case may be. Like that's that's the environment and technology messing with our, us and our brain and giving us dopamine hits. And so what are we doing to counteract that and fight that? so that we can be have the presence of mind that when opportunities come up, we don't miss them. You know, I mean, you can have the universe working with you, but if you don't have the awareness to catch it when it comes from you, it's gone and it may never come back again. And then everything you're talking about, you know, looking them in the eye and, and, and listening and asking those questions. So it's, it's a lot. I mean, do you think about that as well? Do you practice practice mindfulness or meditation to do this, or does it? You just know, I've tried, um, and and you know, I haven't been successful. But I had someone who does said, "John, you, uh, you, all of us, probably meditate more than you think." I'm like, ah, I don't, you know, I I, I don't. He says, um, "Do you like your showers?" I'm like, "Oh, I love my showers." And he's like, "You know, do you ever, you know, how long do you, I go? You know, some days it's you know 15 minutes." And he says, "You're meditating," and like I'm like, "Oh my god," you know. And he's right, right? I mean, what else are you doing? I don't have my phone in there. Uh, you know, I'm not. You know, I don't have company in there. Um, I'm in there, and I'm just thinking. And he says, "You know, do you ever uh, uh, work out without without listening to a podcast or music?" And I said, "On occasion," he goes, "That's meditating." If you go for a run today. And you're just, you know, in your mind, you're present, you're thinking about. It. And so it made me feel a little better because I felt like a, 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 a failure at it. But, you know, he's right. And so I do try to build in those more peaceful times. It's funny when I do go for a run without, you know, listening to a podcast or, or music. It's so funny when I get back home, I run and I'm, I'm looking for anything because I have 16 ideas that came to me while I was doing it because I gave my mind the opportunity to, you know, be creative. And, and you think you'd have more ideas when you come back listening from a podcast. And while I do, there's something about that mindfulness that you're letting your mind things just come to you and, and, and you get some clarity. And, and, and that's where I think the, 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 the innovation comes from. Yeah, I agree. Do you, uh, do you, are you a fan of James Clear at all? No, I'm not, I'm not aware of him. Okay. Um, uh, he's, he's just got some great things out there. He mentioned in a, in an email he sent out today, uh, philosopher and author, Arthur Schopenhauer, on the importance of reflection and contemplation rather than the mere reading and research. So like, and I'm going to tell you more, but you know, we devour all these, you know, we can read books, we can read books and pound them in, 
but you may accumulate a vast amount of knowledge, but it will be for it'll be of far less value to you than a much smaller amount if you have not thought it over for yourself. Because only through ordering what you know by comparing every truth with every other truth can you take complete possession of your knowledge and get into your power. And that struck me today because that balance, like what you just talked about, you could go through mindlessly listening to good things as you're running, but if you don't stop to afterwards and, and write them down or email yourself or document it and maybe then give it some thought, you're, you're going to, number one, lose it. But it's also that deeper thought that can give it more meaning and relevance to you and how you can create it, you know, make it valuable to you and others in your life. It just kind of struck me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Um, so I want to get back to your uh, mission and overarching strategy. And um, so tell us about that, because that it's got to be something that that drives you uh through a highly successful business career uh, with the spas. And now obviously with the, with the five best-selling books and one on the way and all of your, your, your speaking and, and uh, counseling that you do with corporations and, and groups. Yeah. So my personal vision statement and it's everywhere. It's, it's even on my little binder here. Uh, it, you know, it says living uh, an extraordinary life. So countless others do. And, you know, I really take that seriously. And, and so why, you know, I ask people, you know, why do you want to live an extraordinary life? And, you know, you know, to me, it's not so I I have, you know, more money, more houses, more toys, you know, all that, you know, that that, that may may be a bride product. Um, but it, it's so others live an extraordinary life. So first, if you if you go backwards and think of, you know, what if. Walt Disney, Steve Jobs, uh, 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 Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela, whoever the greats are in your world. Um, what if they would have just said, ah, screw it when they were younger. And so I'm just going to, and they chose to be ordinary, right? And they didn't do and go after what they have, how different our lives would be. Right. And, 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 and so, you know, to me, living an extraordinary life comes, comes with, you know, it, it's not just a, 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 a pair, a sentence I, I read and say, oh yeah, I got to live an extraordinary life. I have an accountability of what I need to do. And, 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 and I audit it. And a lot of times I'm not living an extraordinary life or I'm not a, a an eight or a nine. Um, I may be a six or a seven. And so I'll go to my list of what I need to do. Um, and I'll say, oh, that's why right? Who I'm spending time with, you know, maybe it's not positive people, maybe it's not people that, you know, maybe it's, I'm, I'm hanging out with my buddies who drink too much, or, you know, run around too much, or, you know, don't exercise or don't want to be better human beings, you know, so there's a lot of things that that I, I, I put in that and, 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 you know, Living an extraordinary life isn't uh, uh, an opportunity. I, I, I believe, um, I, I believe it's, it, it's uh, a responsibility, right? Um, because of the impact, the seeds, of, we all have seeds of potential. The seeds of potential that you or I or Alex or anyone listening don't sow that we could be, uh, uh, you know, not only cheats us, but it cheats those dependent on us. It cheats my three boys. It cheats my 150 employees. It cheats my thousands of customers um, a better life. And, you know, let's say, you know, we were 
business partners, employee, boss, brothers, family member, whatever, whatever we are to each other. And, you know, we're sitting at, at lunch and I'm grabbing a donut and junk food and pop, you know, and you could say, John, what are you doing? You know, why are you eating like crap? And I could say, you know, Darren, mind your own business, right? What I eat is my, you know, up to me. And, and you have every right to say, no, it's not, right? Because if you're not the best version of yourself, that affects me as your, again, business partner, spouse, son. You know, if I eat like crap, I choose not to work out today. I, I choose to hang around not positive people. Well, there's a domino effect. Then I come home from work, cranky attitude, want to open a beer, a glass of wine, sit on the couch. And, you know, maybe when my kids were younger, they said, dad, you want to go outside and play catch? I'm like, no, I just want to watch the game. Right. Or I'm, I'm quick to be irritable. Right. And, and that domino effect that it has. So, you know, I, I, I don't make it as like, oh, I, you know, hopefully, I, you know, I do it once in a while and I don't always do it. But but that's my that's my compass. That's my North Star. And I feel it's an obligation to be the best version of myself. So how, you know, and, and so I have three kind of um, uh, pillars, if you will, personally, and three pillars professionally that I I, I, I I know what I have to do. And it's the exercise. It's what you're feeding your mind. It's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's being a role model to your kids and family. It's, it's, it's being fun. Like that's something I got to put in there, you know, be more fun. Cause I, I, you know, it's easy for me to just get caught up in, in, in the doing and in the checklist and in the goals and, you know, forgetting that, you know, that's, not, that's not what your kids want today. You know, they want you to come home, you know, and, and, and bring army guys and put them all over the house and, and let's get water guns and shoot them and, and see who wins, you know, that's, that's, what's fun to them. So same thing professionally, uh, what I need to do for my company, what I need to do for my team and my team is the management team. It's not the 150 employees, but it's those people. Um, it's, it's sharing the vision and showing them, you know, what what their their uh, um, um, part is uh, in the vision and and how you know a, a charity and and giving back and you know there's a lot of things to it and again I'm not bragging um, there's a lot of days I wake up uh, and and realize I'm I'm not living an extraordinary life but I do have this accountability piece that I could go back to and and see where what needs to get more water you know what needs to get more daylight that I'm neglecting. And it kind of helps me get back there sooner than just, you know, wondering after a year, you know, why, 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 why is my, my, uh, my, my life off, off the, the, the track. So say out loud again, your mission statement, if you don't mind. Living an extraordinary life. So countless others do. And what is important about that to you? Just, you know, that's, that's why I believe I was put on, you know, the earth. Um, that's why I believe everyone was put on the earth. But uh, so anyone that um, I come in contact, you know, I, I just heard a great quote, you know, so, so um, a new definition of being a billionaire um, is those who positively impact a billion people's lives. I love that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, most of us don't come in contact probably in our lifetime with a billion people directly, but we do indirectly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I give you a bounce in your step, I make you feel better about what you're doing. I encourage you. 
um, you know, you're going to go off to your next interaction, your next Zoom call, your next meeting home to your family, you know, hopefully, you know, being kinder and, and, and better. So that's how we can all become billionaires in this world is, is positively impacting a billion people's lives. So I don't know, that's, I, I feel it's, it's an obligation, um, a responsibility, not an opportunity. And have you ever heard of the saying, death is your teacher? No. So it's also going to be used, death is your angel. But uh, death is your teacher is, let's say you um, uh, run, you know, you're, you get a knock on the door one day and you open the front door and it's the Grim Reaper, which is appropriate right around Halloween right now. Yeah. Um, and he's like, hey, John, it's time to go. Yeah. And you you get dropped to your knees and you beg for another 24 hours. Give me another right. day. And Grim Reaper reluctantly says, okay. So he comes back a day later. You're dreading it. Knocks on the door. And he goes, all right, it's time. And you're like, you dropped your knees and you beg for another, another day. And he goes, I gave you 59 years. Why didn't you take advantage of it? hundred percent. Yeah. And that's kind of what my quote is for uh, act as if today's the day you'll be remembered how you treat others. So a lot of times how I, how I I tee up that quote when I have audiences I say, Hey, Darren, let's say um, yesterday, let's say it was a typical work day for you, right? You you, you got ready, you drove to the meeting or the office or, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, and then you drove home. I said, you don't know this. But we recorded it. I had a, a dash cam from the moment, you know, you kind of, you know, came out of the, the the shower bedroom fully dressed, right? And, and, and I got on video how you kind of departed your family. And then when you stopped to get gas and the kind of little, you know, the, the traffic you were in and how you kind of acted when someone wouldn't let you in or whatever. And then when you got to work and, you know, uh, I got you saying, you know, Alex saying good morning to you and and, and I got your response, you know, boom, boom, boom. And I say, you know, do you mind if we show it to everyone right now? <laughs> and you think about yesterday, and you're like, no, no, no. John, can we do it tomorrow? Can you warn me? And so I'm ready for it. Right. And, and listen, I, I believe everyone would, you know, I'd be a little nervous if you said that to me. Right. And so, but we don't know what that day is or when that day is. And, you know, no one's going to come to you like the grim reaper and say, Hey, Darren, just want to let you know next a week from Thursday is the day we're going to be documenting how you treat people. We, we don't get that warning. And so that's, that's kind of the whole Genesis behind act as if today's the day for how you treat others. Um, because you know, this is it, you know, you never know. Do you, um, do you ever, um, I wasn't going to say, I lost my train of thought on that, but we lost Alex too. Are we in trouble? Uh, let's see. Uh, I think we're still good. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) She must, she must have had better things to do. Yeah. She got bored with us. She wasn't feeling a hundred percent. So that might be it as well. Yeah. But, um, uh, I guess, oh, so what I was thinking is, you know, I'm going to come back to the, the meditation, the mindfulness, um, it helps me to stay focused and I, you know, I'm green and growing as well, uh, as you know, and all of this, but the, I like to think of it as a Yoda mindset, your sage, sage voice or sage warrior to try and stay disciplined and use 
you know, your will to stay focused to do these things because I catch myself all the time. If someone doesn't point it out, maybe fortunately enough, I may catch it myself that maybe I was in a shitty mood or there was something going on that I didn't react the way that I really should. So what do you do? What do you do to, you know, to be thinking about that? I know you have these pop-ups and and, and things like that in your calendar uh, that you look at and you think about, but, but what do you do to, to practice all these things so that you're bringing- It's your hard, back? you know, it's hard. You know, so I am lucky because I teach it, right? And a couple of reasons. Yeah, so now I know I have, there's more pressure on me um, you know, to see, oh, is he, is he, is he full of crap or is he just talking? Um, but also the teacher always learns the most. So when you're just constantly talking about this, um, you know, something hard for me is not mirroring someone else, meaning, you know, let's say it, whatever I'm at a store, I'm wherever, and, and you give me an attitude, right? My knee jerk reaction is to give it to you right back. And, you know, you know, excuse well, you me, are from, you are from Cleveland. Right, right. We have a chip on our shoulder, right? Um, what I try to think of, you know, I try to is is like there, there's a reason he's having a bad day. Um, and it, it has nothing to do with me. Uh, if I probably knew what was going on in his life, and and, and you know, it, it's a culmination of you know, something that happened today, this week, this month, his wife might be sick. Um, he just might have found out, you know, horrible news, whatever. Uh, or the last customer he dealt with, you know, made him feel, you know, like crap. And I don't need to take it personal. I don't need to, you know, match it. I, I you know, I'm, I'm doing, you know, I, I try to, I absolutely try to, uh, sometimes I, I, I don't now, you know, give it right back and then, you know, I'll feel horrible on, on the way home or when I, when I think about that, you know, but yeah, I just try to, to be empathetic. Uh, one of our teachings is, you know, um, that we do with our clients is a day in the life of the customer, um, which, you know, it, it is exactly that. Um, you have no idea what people are dealing with. And, you know, if, if you, if you kind of expected the worst uh, and we all treated each other, like, you know, you know, they got a lot of stuff on their plate. And, and some could be really, you know, catastrophic, could have found something out about his kid, his wife, himself. Um, if we treated everyone like that, how much better we would be? Because uh, everyone's dealing with something, chaos. Uh, so so I try. I try. I'm not always successful. Um, but I, I am lucky because what I do obviously brings it to my attention, you know, every day, all day. So So I'm a little more, but shame on me when I'm not because of that. Well, and you've got the tools that you're using with, uh, you know, your, your, uh, the pad that you have that has Ford on it. Then you've got your, uh, your, your phone or the notifications coming up. Um, you know, Jokovic, uh, one of the greatest tennis players in the world. Um, he, he talks about this in, in an interview, how his, you know, he's an athlete obviously, but his regimen of what he eats, his nutrition, which you'd expect for an athlete his workout stretching and all that. But he also talks about his, spiritual coaches, his uh, daily meditation, uh, his mindfulness training, all these things to keep him in the game. And I think it's just so, uh, it doesn't get enough credit to be able to be on point and be your best and to deliver to make the impact that you're talking about. Because it's one thing to self-ruminate about what we're doing and not doing right about ourselves, but you've, you've turned it and say, what kind of impact can you make uh, on others, 
Um, I know how important with your, what you've told me about your boys, your three boys and raising them the right way. Um, and that impact, that's a, that's another way, obviously that, um, you can get results by thinking of that impact and, and, um, and just thinking about your boys. I know you already went through Ford, uh, which is family occupation, recreation or hobbies and dreams and getting that information. But you played, you, you've talked uh, in the TED Talks about your boys. And there's a couple of games that you taught them at a young age. How old are they now? Uh, 21, 26, and 31. Okay. And talk about some of the games you played and teaching them about Ford and, and, and yeah. that information from people. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I want my kids to, you know, be good at, at, at building an instant rapport, showing interest in others. So, um, you know, whenever we would travel, we'd play a game of who could find out the most Ford on people we come in contact with. It could be the taxi cab driver, the Uber driver, the bellman, you know, the, 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 the wait staff. And it's just funny. Cause we, you know, we're, we're all, you know, just bombarding the, the Uber driver, asking him questions and uh, you know, and, and but it's really cool. You know, a, we're all, and they are at a young age building a skill of, of showing interest and in learning and seeing how educational curiosity could be. And, and there's, everyone has a story. Um, and sometimes you, you know, we, we could stereotype out oh, it's an Uber driver or it's a waitress or, you know, whatever we could be guilty of. And then you hear their story and, you know, how, you know, where they've come from and, you know, they brought their family and, and, and what they had to do to get over it. And, and not only the, the lesson in, in curiosity and, and, and learning from others, but also when you see that person, you're, you're drilling, uh, you know, for questions light up. Uh, because someone actually shows an interest in them. And, you know, that's, that's probably the most rewarding thing is just seeing someone, you know, get excited um, that someone cares enough to ask them um, their, their backstory and, and what brought them here to where they are today. It might be to this country. It might be to this job. It might be, but, but it, you know, it's so often it's fascinating um, and, 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 and it's, 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 it's exhilarating to them to tell their story, right? We love to tell our story. Everyone loves to tell their story. Uh, everyone has a story. If we just, you know, take a moment to, 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 to find out about it. Uh, yeah, that well said. And what about the other game you talked, you talked about, tell us, uh, beat the Greek game. What's the yeah. beat the Greek game? So that's something that we teach, you know, train uh, our clients, staff. So if you're in a brick and mortar, you know, you work at a, a restaurant, a hotel, a, a salon and spa, a doctor's office, right? Where people physically come in, you know, beat the greet. Um, used to say beat the customer, but United took it literally. So we had to change it to beat the greet, right? Hey, um, <laughs> and, and, and beat the greet means that no one says hi to you first. No one says thank you first and no one says goodbye to you. And then, you know, in parentheses next to beat the greed, it, it says 15-5. And what 15-5 means is you come with 15 feet of anybody, you smile and nod. In five feet, you say something to them. Even if I'm walking by you to, you know, get someone else, I say, good morning. Welcome back. Great to see you again. So, so obviously all these, these skills are life skills and I want my kids to have it. So since they were very little, um, 
to a couple of months ago, we we went on a trip and it's, it's, it's funny. We've always played beat the grit and as adults, they still like playing this. And so the game is when we're on vacation, let's say, and we're at, let's say a, a resort, um, we keep score of who we beat the greet with. So, so let's say we're walking from our hotel room to the pool and we're walking by a couple that's walking by us. I say, good morning. And what that means is I got a point. I said, hello to you before, you know, you, you could say hello to me. Um, and what it also means is who's ever with me, let's say, you know, two of my boys are with me. They don't get a point for saying hi to you because I technically own you. Right. And so if I see someone, I, I'll yell to someone a hundred feet away. Hey, guy in a blue shirt, you know, hi. And I'm like, he's mine too. Right. Oh my God. That's great. But here's where it gets tricky. Who's ever with the other person who didn't say hi first of our family still has to say hi first, because if anyone says hi to us first, we lose 20 points. So this has literally happened to me. Ruined my vacation. I've stepped off the elevator, turn a corner and someone will say, good morning. I'll be like, shit. And that person has no idea why I'm mad. They're like, sorry. Oh my God. And I'm down 20, right? I have to, you know, go say hi to 20 people just to break even for the day. So it's just funny, you know, and it was fun when they were kids. And oh it was, my God. so just went, for everybody yeah. taking notes at home, okay, beat the greet. And what's the scoring system again? One point to say hello. You know, if you beat someone else, negative yep. uh, 20, if someone says hi to you first. So, and then, you know, if you're with someone and, and they say hi first, well, you, know, the, you know, if me and you are, are are walking the streets of New York and you say hi to a stranger, you know, I can't get a point for saying hi to that stranger because he's yours or she's yours. But I got to say hi, because if they say hi to me, the score is you got one and I'm down 20. So, you know, there's a 21 point disparity there that, you know, I, I don't want to lose this. So, so the three you were walking, you say hi first. So you get the one point, but the other two, even though they, they can't uh, get the point, they could they lose 20. 20. They could lose 20. So they ah. still have to say, uh, you know, hello to avoid being down 20. And that's, so you gotta be right. aware and paying attention because dad says hello. And then they gotta go, hello, hello. Before yeah. he responds. Okay. Oh my God. But it's funny when you get into it and it becomes a mindset. We're saying hello, 15, 20 feet out, you know, and like, you know, I was like, you know, hello, hello. Who'd you say hi to? Oh, hi, hi. You know, and, and it, it's just a fun game, but it's just, it, it it's just getting you in a habit of, of, of smiling and making people's day and complimenting them and saying something. And, you know, again, you, you never know the moment something as simple as that can have on someone and what they may be going through. That's really cool. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can get my, my troops to, uh, to jump on board with that. You know, one of the things that a lot of people want to know about interesting people like yourself and successful people like yourself is how do you make sure you have balance and alignment. Uh, I mean, you're extremely successful uh, in your work and also have uh, three boys that you're raising. And uh, you're obviously very, you got great mindfulness and a great way of being and you're, and you're, you're thinking of others. Um, how do you, how do you balance this uh, for yourself, you know, with your busy life and, and, and keep it all, all together? So, it, 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 you know, it is easier today, both because I've made it a habit and I'm at a point in my career that I can literally, um, you know, 
not take calls before a certain time if, if I'm not traveling and not take calls after time and make sure I get my workout in and make sure I set myself up at the day and all those things. Um, but it takes a while and not everyone may get to that point in their life where they can dictate their schedule like that. Right. Um, it was a lot harder when, you know, I was hustling in my twenties, thirties and forties trying to build, you know, this and, and working, you know, long days and being on the road and all those things. So, you know, I just learned, uh, uh, you know, what's, what's really important to me. And I heard a great quote, um, you know, you can tell me all day what your priorities are, but all I have to do is look at your calendar, right? And your calendar tells me what your priorities are. So you tell me how important your kids are, you know, you're working, you know, you have meetings every night and you're, you know, going to the office at 7am and you got these business trips or, you know, whatever, or you could tell me how important your, your, your relationship is your significant other. But again, you, you have meetings all night and meetings all day. And, you know, like most of us were like, oh, after I get this part of my career nailed down, after I get this deal done, after I sell my business, then I will, you know, spend my time with my kids, my significant other. And, and we know that, you know, you know, blink of an eye that, that, you know, they'll be grown up and, you know, you and your, your significant other may be strangers, you know, and, and, and lost that opportunity. So, so I took that very seriously that, that uh, my, my calendar uh, it, it shows what my priorities are. So what I try to do um, about 18 months, literally, and, and it's so great with the internet is when my kids were young, the first thing I do, uh, I would do it, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, let's say, well, I don't even know what month we're in now, September, October, October. Um, you know, I would, uh, I, I would probably do this in January for the following school year. You know, the, the great thing is you can go onto their school calendars and they'll show the 24, 25 school year. And so I can immediately see and block off their 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 days off, Martin Luther King, President's Club, you know, Thanksgiving, their Christmas breaks. Um, a lot of those are are, are standard dates, but you know, Easter, uh, spring break it moves or is different for every school. Um, teacher uh, uh, conferences when or, or whatever when they have their days off, and I put that all on my calendar, and I try to you know pre-plan you know surprise trips like when they were younger. I used to when I was in town, I'd always drive them to school. And every day I would drive them every day when I drove them to school, I'd say, Hey, how about we blow off school today? And they'd say, really? I'd say, no. <laughs> and I drop them off one day a year with each of them. It would, the answer would be yes. And they, they, they didn't believe me. I'd say, hey, how about we blow off school today? Yeah, really? Like, yeah, come on. And they're like, yeah. I go, okay. And then I'd call on the speakerphone and Mrs. Simmons would answer this. Hey, uh, you know, Bo is going to be sick for the next, uh, you know, until Tuesday, um, you know, and, and, and we, we drive to the airport and go on a trip that was pre-planned or we'd just go downtown and do fun stuff downtown. But it was always planned that they didn't know. And that was like, cool. So it would be things like that. It would, it would just, uh, you know, put it, be putting those big blocks in first, uh, their schedule, their sports schedule, their things. And, and, you know, then anything that, you know, had to get booked business trips or, 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 or meetings or, or whatever those things may got booked around those, those are already on my calendar. And it wasn't like, Oh shoot. What, when do you play next week? Oh, I have a game, you know, a match or whatever Tuesday. And I'd look and say, oh, I, you know, I, I've been booked for three months with this appointment. 
right? It, it would be the opposite. So that was one of my best practices. Um, always driving him to school. I wanted to drive them to school when when I you know when I was in town. Um, and I wasn't away. Um, you know, it, it did um, you know, we 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 do journals at night. Um, and a lot of times they were, you know, when I was in a hotel calling them, but every night we, and we have stacks of journals, like every year, every class, it'd be like, all right, tell me about your day. What was your high? What was your low? Um, and, and they were great opportunities, you know, uh, learning lessons. It wasn't just to get them, the, but you know, they, they might say, Hey, I got into a fight with, uh, you know, Billy at recess today. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. What happened? Um, you know, what was the fight over? And more importantly, who won? Right. Uh, but, you know, there's lessons. There's lessons to be taught, you know, or, or talked about, you know, how did that feel after the fight? Oh, I felt horrible and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, is, is there something that could have avoided that? Could you, you know, like we talked about, could you have, you know, not taken that personally? You know, do we know what's going on in, in Billy's life at home? Um, you know, things like that. So it was just, you know, that was always most important to me is, 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 uh, you know, the father I, I am and, and, uh, um, you know, that, that just, you know, a lot of things, what, what we, what we say doesn't matches up with what we do. So I, I tried not to be a hypocrite in that category. Well, it sounds like you're an amazing father and done a great job with, uh, with your boys. If you had to go back in time and think about, putting yourself back, John, your first day before you started working. And if you could change anything and give your, better yet, if you could give your younger self advice, yeah. Yeah. what would what would that be? Uh, you know, it, 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 there's, there's a lot. Um, sometimes I think, you know, we could fill 10 podcasts on mistakes. Uh, regrets, whatever you want to call it, but a lot of those things I needed to do um, in order to, you know, be smarter and, and, you know, life, you know, is, is the, the best lessons is experience. So, so, uh, but, but, um, you know, not think that the world's going to end today because something happened. Um, and even with my kids, uh, you know, you know, it, it's not the end of the world. Give them a hug instead of, you know, overreacting in that moment, thinking that because the teacher called or the principals would call or, you know, whatever they did at home thinking, oh my God, you know, they're on a, a, a path of, you know, you know, being a bad kid, growing up, being a bad adult, right. It's just, it's, it's overreacting in those moments. And, and just uh, um, it's something I like to do. I don't know if you do this, but we've, it, we've kind of talked about a lot of them today is I love having a word um, a year that I focus on and I write on my bathroom mirror and, and one of my favorite words, um, the, you know, uh, my, my favorite word of the year, uh, curiosity has, has been a word. Um, I know, I already know my 2024 year is opportunity. And what I mean by that is, is, um, you tell me something bad happens, right? You say, hey, John, you know, we work together. Hey, John, we just lost a big client. They're not re-signing with us. And my first, you know, instead of panicking saying, oh my God, whose client was that? You know, whatever, you know, the first thing, knee-jerk reaction is there's an opportunity there, right? And 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 the and find the opportunity. What, you know, what do we need to change that 
so we don't lose more clients or, you know, we have a flat tire. Okay. Where's the opportunity there? Yeah. It sucks. We're going to be late and we got to spend $300 on a new tire. but where's the opportunity there? Maybe pre, you know, be, be preactive and, and say, all right, are we paying attention to our tires? Are we taking them in? You know, there was a way to avoid that. So, so back to my original thing, one of my favorite words, probably 2018 was encourage, right? And yeah, encourage is a great word. There's a lot of great words, but it's kind of the way I stumbled on it. And I wrote about in the relationship economy. Um, I, I, I forget how I stumbled on, you know, not how I stumbled on encourage. I've always known the word, but for it to to, to have an epiphany. So I, so I was reading something, an article or something that said the, the Greek translation for encourage is to make strong, right? To make others strong. And I don't know why, but something clicked. I'm looking at the word encourage and I start like, like staring at it and it starts like on its own moving, right? In courage, courage in, to put courage in others, to make strong. And all of a sudden that just became my word for the following year is that's my job as a leader, as a parent, as a human being is to make others strong to put so much confidence in them that they are fearless, that they have achieved more as a result of working for me, working with me, me being their father than they ever thought they could have because of that, you know, that encouragement to, that I, I, I gave them so much courage that they could go out and do that. So again, I'm not bragging. These are things I try to do intentionally. So, so, so that's like, you know, that, that, you know, so it goes back to your original question 30 years ago, last week. Um, it's not the end of the world uh, that they broke the Voss or, you know, whatever, uh, said something, blurted something out in a, in a fancy restaurant that was inappropriate. Yeah, it needs to be addressed, but it's not the end of the world. You know, we, we, you know, we don't, we don't have to make, or I didn't have to make at the end of the world. So those are the things I have a picture in my uh, bedroom. Um, someone sent me this great picture of, of, and, and, and it was like, a uh, it was at a wrestling match. I'm, 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 I'm watching coaching my oldest son at the time. And, and, and he was in high school and my youngest son, who was six or seven. Um, and it was right after um, he, he, we lost his mother. Um, and there's a picture of him coming at me, four pictures, you know, him 10 feet away, crying, screaming, you know, whatever. And, and then, you know, two feet away. And then all of a sudden we're, we're hugging. It's a really cute series of pictures, but I, yeah. I, I keep that up there now, you know, even as a 21 year old to remember that's my job, you know, and, and, and luckily that's the picture they caught because it could have been very easily a different picture of me saying, quit crying, you know, whatever he was crying about, you know, on the grand scheme of things, I'm sure was, he was overreacting and I could have told him, you know, quit, you know, being a little baby and, you know, I'm in the middle of something and go. And, and luckily that moment, they caught the, the, the good John, the good father. And that just reminds me of what, what my, my kids need, right. What, what we need is, is just being there for them and, and not overreacting. So long answer. No, but well, a great answer. And man, I can't thank you enough. John, I mean, I'm super grateful you took the time to spend with 
with us and everyone listening and watching um, and sharing some of your story. And uh, I mean, you know, books are like a treasure and you've got uh, five, now six of them. And I encourage everyone to check out all of John DeJulis's books. Um, as I mentioned, I absolutely love the relationship economy. And then we Thank have you. the new book. It's not out on Amazon yet. The name again, John, is what? Employee Experience Revolution. And it'll be out uh, like the second quarter of 2024. Okay, cool. And, you know, every now and then someone goes, hey, uh, Darren, what did this have to do with yeah. finances and finding your financial flow? Well, hopefully I don't need to spell it out, but there's so much uh, to what John dropped on us today about just being in the right place to make good decisions, opportunities as they present themselves, you know, paying attention, listening, what can that lead to in your success and in your finances? And finances aren't just, you know, uh, analytically thinking about what you got to save and the best technical tool to put into. It's the whole package. And, and we didn't really get into goals too much other than if you think about it, John talked about you know, his mission, his life mission. And that really sets an anchor for him to do all these things, these high, hard goals along the way. And we didn't even get into flow, but, you know, um, we got a little time. If you don't mind, John, talk a little bit about, you, you gave me a screenshot and I don't even know how to put this up, so I can't put it up, but at age six, your father left your mother and six kids. You had to go on welfare. You're labeling grade school with attention deficit disorder and a learning disabled. You requested, you showed me a report card earlier that the teacher wrote uh, with parents' strong insistence only, you were allowed to move forward to the next Advanced grade. Advanced grade, yeah. Right? Not accepted in high school. Flunked out of college. I mean, you've had your own struggle. Do you mind before we, before we part ways, just tell a little bit about your struggle? So, because, you know, sometimes people see someone as successful as you and go, man, that guy just had natural ability or or he's just got it, you know, but share with us a little bit about. Yeah, I think I'm 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 the most ordinary and, and maybe ordinary is a compliment. I'm the most ordinary person from a talent standpoint. Um, but again, where's the opportunity in that? You know, my, my dad left, you know, my mom and six kids and I was only six and never saw him again. And, and, uh, you know, people are like, Oh, but, but, you know, I think it was a blessing, you know, cause there's a lot of people that, you know, the wrong parent stays and then that becomes your role model or you're in a toxic household and you got to live in that environment and be afraid to come home or or wake up or if they get into a fight. I didn't have to deal with that. Um, I, I got a gift uh, every day from my mother. Uh, people didn't think she was tough enough on me. Um, teachers would call, principals would call, employers, my first few employers would call. Maybe the police stopped by. I don't remember. Uh, but um, And my mom would always stick up for me. And, and, and say these four words to me and about me, um, she'd say, you know, you're going to make it. I believe in you. And, and, and they are the four most powerful words um, you can hear and you could say. And I believe everyone's, you know, has received them and, and, and they may be said differently, but we have to remember that. And I try to remember that. And I try to think about how many people do I give that gift to? Instead of going to uh, uh, my employees and say, Darren, why didn't you get your sales goal this week? Darren, where's the report I asked you for yesterday? 
um, versus saying, Hey, Darren, you need help with it. Um, everything good. Um, yeah, I can help you with that. I've done that a million times before. Darren, I want to let you know you're, you're doing good. You're going to make it. I know, you know, you're new. I know you're taking on, you know, Lindsay's work while she's off. And I know it's, it's, it's hard. I just want to, I appreciate you. And, and, and I believe in you. And, uh, you know, that's, that's such a powerful gift. That's something I also, I try to do intentional and say it to my kids every day. Um, it's easy to say to your kids after they win a national championship or they come home with straight A's, Hey, I believe in you. Yeah. You know, get on the bandwagon. You know, it's not hard to, you need to say it when they don't, when they, they, they lose to someone they shouldn't have lost to when, you know, they don't make the team or, 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 or get the grades or whatever that is that they want the promotion and say, Hey, you know, you're the last person I'm worried about. Um, I believe in you. You're going to make, you know, that as an opportunity, not getting that job, um, not winning that match. You're going to turn that into an opportunity um, that um, had you not, had you won, you, you know, six months from now, you wouldn't be where you're going to be because of how you're going to turn that into opportunity. So yeah, that's, um, that's a powerful gift my mom gave me that I try to uh, uh, do as often as I can for other people. Well, well said. You got me thinking too. Um, so again, thank you for all the great nuggets. I hope everybody appreciated uh, the conversation as much as I did today. And John, tell us where, if people want to get your books, if they want to learn more or hire you, hire you for speaking or, or consulting in their business, where do they go to find more about you? Yeah, all the books are on Amazon. Uh, John D. Julius, D.I. Uh, Julius, um, you know, the D. Julius group.com. Everything's there. Um, you can find me on TikTok and YouTube shorts and Instagram and LinkedIn under John D. Julius. Um, yeah, that's that's the best place. Right on. Well, I encourage everybody to go get some books and, and watch. You can he's on YouTube. TED Talks. Super helpful. And uh, I wanted to remind everyone listening that our book, or my book, I should say, uh, really better our because nothing's done by yourself. Peak Financial Fitness, which is right behind me, uh, just dropped yesterday. The digital. I want to see it. Pull it out, Darren. I want to see the cover because I want to go get it. Right here. Let's see it. Peak Financial Fitness, and 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 what what was the publishing date? When did it hit the the uh, uh, yesterday? Yesterday. yesterday, which is what date? Because this may this may, may not come oh, out. That's but. right. That's yeah. right. So in October 18th. So by wow. the time and that's your first book, Darren. Yes, sir. Congratulations to you. That's amazing. Thank um, you. you know, and you're gonna help a lot of people, and I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, thank you. Uh we're gonna we're gonna drop the soft and hardback uh in the next few days. So it'll be out when everyone hears this. And then I recorded the audible version too. So that was kind of an interesting experience, but uh, that's all on Amazon as well. And then you can also follow us on same uh, Insta, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn. And then uh, it's all of those. Uh, we have a whole setup for uh, the financial If you go there, you can find us, but Thank you, John. Thank you all for listening and uh, and make it uh, an awesome day. Thank you all for listening. This was the Financial Flow Podcast with me, Darren Wright. Thank you for listening. And I hope that today you were inspired and informed to move even more into your peak financial flow for success. Mm-hmm.